0: When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply.
1: All day we've been playing the music of the cars and paying tribute to Rick Okasik who who they found uh, dead in his apartment in Manhattan. Uh, yesterday uh, big part of that early uh, that Boston music scene back in the mid to late 70s and then they went on to superstardom but uh, rico cassock opened up a studio here in Boston called synchro sound studios and he is uh, also quite the producer as you could tell from the cars albums and I wanted to get a perspective on that so uh, Dave Holmes is uh, kind enough to join us now Dave I just want to give a little, a quick background on you for the people who yep. who watched MTV back in the day, and might yeah. remember a freak named Jesse Camp. Sure. And yeah. uh, Dave was the guy who should have won that MTV VJ search. What, what oh, year was God. that? You're too kind. That <laughs> was uh, 1998. Oh my God! Really? <laughs> it was 98. 21 years ago. Uh huh. Oh, oh yeah. my God! 21. Yeah. I'm gonna. Decades. So yeah. Ago. Uh, so, uh, Dave went went for it. Uh, to me, I never got Jesse Camp. Jesse Camp was, I don't know how you would describe Jesse Camp. He looked like uh, Axl Rose that kind of got flattened by a bus <laughs> and maybe spoke that. Oh,
0: he was a good guy. Okay, I'm sure he, he was uh, a nice guy. He was kind of those, uh, was one of those glam sort of St. Mark's punk rock kids.
1: Yeah, he had the uh, animal yeah, print yeah. going and stuff. And yeah. yeah, sure. Yeah, but yeah. but they, they ended exactly up hiring.
0: Instagram, anyway.
1: They they ended up hiring uh, you anyway, though. They did. Yeah. They did, yeah. Which was great, uh, and then and back back in the
0: day when they would play music.
1: Yeah, that's when they were playing music videos on on music television, which uh, yeah. which is it,
0: you know, it's 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 a shame. It seems like you know, even ten years ago, uh, somebody like Rico O'Castic would have passed, and it would just be an all day vigil where they'd play the videos and have people come in and talk. And now it's you know
1: yeah so yeah. teen
0: mom uh, no yeah mom. it's like the, anyway
1: yeah, the latest pregnant teen mom um exactly, exactly. but uh so, uh, so, so dave dave uh, writes for a you write for a lot of different people, you write for Esquire, yeah. um you yeah. have a book out I'm that's
0: an editor for Esquire, yeah, and yeah. uh and yeah, and I wrote a book that came out a couple of years ago, and in fact, i just uh, today wrote a piece for Esquire about uh, Rick and as a producer.
1: Yeah, that's what um, I want to talk about because he yeah. he was instrumental in the careers of bands like like Weezer in particular. Uh, yeah. I would say that like he really uh, you can tell like if you listen to something like Buddy Holly, you can hear uh-huh. the Rick Cassic influence in Weezer.
0: You absolutely can, but he also you know he, he he kind of made their 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 music sound majestic. Like it was it's strange to look at a band like Weezer and then listen to uh, a song like "The World Has Turned and Left Me Here." Mm. That feels like it should be played in an arena, you know, and and we're looking at these kind of nerdy dudes in cardigans. Um, He was good at sort of teasing out the pop element, but I think for that band, he really made them sound huge. Yeah, Yeah. you can can absolutely hear the influence. And And also, let's not forget that he did in, you know, just a year or two after that. Uh, did that first uh, not a surf record? That's right. Yes. Um, yeah. Did popular, which you know took them a few years to live down, but um, and they you know they, they changed their sound quite a bit. But I it, like they, he really put them on the map.
1: Yeah. And um, you know the cars. You were talking about that majestic sound. The cars had that. The cars had an interesting mix. It was kind of like people called it new wave or or yeah. so, but there was a rock edge to it. And I think that's yeah. when you went to a Cars concert, at least back in the day, uh, you noticed that the the new wave guy was there with the haircut. Yeah. But then there was also like the metal dude hanging out because, you know, the cars would the, the cars rocked. There were nerdy yeah. guys like Weezer, but they also they rocked pretty hard.
0: They really did. and And their music got added to what we would then call like album oriented rock stations, which sort of turned into classic rock. And, you know and you, so you'd hear them there, you'd hear them on pop radio, you'd hear them on mm-hmm. you know what we were then calling college music radio stations. They were sort of they, they sounded so little like anything that had come before that everybody kind of could claim them.
1: That was the, a gra- another great thing about the cars, and I liken them to the talking heads in this way, not uh, anywhere musically, but you knew them when you heard them. It was Absolutely. like, this is definitely the cars playing right now Yeah, you know the, yeah. there's an unmistakable it- sound absolutely
0: and it, it you know it, it's easy to forget how revolutionary it was to hear like a synthesizer you know on on rock radio in the right. late 70s it right. was you know that was crazy and then you know and then later you know he had his it, they had their biggest album in 1984 with heartbreak city and he was in his 40s you know it was, it was a time when pop culture was becoming a little more youth obsessed but he had kind of his his heyday in middle age
1: yeah, he had been doing it for him and Ben Orr had been together for a long time before the Cars and out in Cleveland. Yeah. And they were like a folk duo and they were playing like, you know, Laurel. They had some band that was like a Laurel Canyon style band, Millwood or yeah. something like that. And yeah. and uh but something some switch got flicked somewhere. And yeah. <laughs> luckily for all of us. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. then, and they moved to Boston, and and we got the cars. So, and they were one it of those was, first bands. Oh, go ahead, Dave. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Uh, they were one of the first bands because, speaking of MTV, uh, that really embraced the video format. For sure. You know, because they for got. Sure. I mean, they, they were
0: so visually striking.
1: Yeah, I have to say though, and, and no disrespect to anybody in the Cars, their concerts weren't that exciting. They weren't like crazy on stage or anything like that, but right. but their videos were always ahead of their time. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah,
0: they, they knew what the hell they were doing. You know, also I think a thing to uh, to check out as you know, I mean everyone will be going back and listening to the Cars music over the next few days if they should. But, but, like, get into the stuff that he produced. In particular, he did an album um, some years ago for a, a band called Guided by Voices. Yes. Who yes. are, like, if you're a big, mu- like, they're, they're kind of a, a nerdy music band. They're a bunch of middle-aged, you know, suburban dads. And yeah. they release, you know, a gajillion albums a year that are full of, you know, minute-and-a-half-long tracks. But he did kind of a straight-ahead rock album with them called Do the Collapse that is incredible. And it's as close to like a mainstream success as that band ever had, and you can really hear, you can really hear Rick's voice
1: through it. Well, Dave, thank you so much for taking a few minutes to uh, to talk about Rick O'Casey, and because I, I, you know, you are you are a real musicologist. You know a ton about how many when we talked about your book Party of One when it came out, Mm -hmm. how many music references did we figure were in the book? Oh, I don't know if we could count. It's just infused. It's like, uh, would you say thousands? (laughs) I, I mean, <laughs> it seemed I think, like it. I think it, that might be safe. That yeah. Be safe. I'm, yeah, I'm
0: nerdy that way. Right. But thank you very much for having me. have a good Yeah. Afternoon.
1: Yeah. Dave Holmes, uh, not only a writer, but also a Holy Cross graduate, ladies and gentlemen. That is true.
0: That is true. Oh, and uh, I am now at Esquire, and I should mention this: we. Uh, it looks like we will have a piece from Kay Hanley of uh, Letters to Cleo. Oh, excellent. She's uh, a writer, and she knew Rick, and uh, and it looks like we'll have her remembrance up on the site sometime later in the afternoon.
1: That's awesome. Dave, uh, thank you so much for taking the time with us today. Thank you. Have a good day. All right, you too. That's Dave Holmes. He was on MTV way back in the day when they played music videos. He wrote a great book called Party One. He's a writer for Esquire, and and you can check out his writing in, in many other places. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members
0: in Vegas, Phoenix,